Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network. ClevelandSportsFan.com and on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for joining us on another Friday, my favorite time of the week. A ton of football this weekend. You kidding me? Starts tonight on Q92RadioSports.com. 5 and 1 Salem will travel to rival Marlington. You can hear me on the play-by-play call at 7 p.m. Eastern. How about Michigan, Wisconsin tomorrow? Alabama, Ole Miss, sheesh! Of course, Sunday, week four, the NFL, my favorite day of the week. Still a game-time decision if I make the trip out to Minnesota or not. Uh, we'll, have a, we'll have to talk about that, uh, but we have a lot to talk about today. Um, I want to talk about the Thursday night football game from last night. I want to talk about baseball, and we're going to get into Richard Sherman signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Also, round one of the GOAT bracket later on on the show. But let's kick it off with Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin was quoted saying, we're not going to push the panic button. (laughs) All right, so you're not pushing the panic button. That's great. He then said, what do I mean by panic button? Quote, we're not going to dramatically change who and what we are at this juncture. He then stated, we're not resistant to change for the purposes of getting better, but we're not going to un, excuse me, but we're not going to be so unsteady that we move away from our compass, our identity that we've worked hard to develop and will continue to work hard to develop and the emphasis on the style of play, whatever that may be in all three phases. Uh, Okay, so what is Mike Tomlin telling you? What is Coach Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers telling you? He's telling you the Steelers are in rebuild mode, and they really don't know where they're headed. I mean, think about it. He's telling you they're not going to go off script to try and win this season to potentially squander their future and everything that they have built in Pittsburgh. I mean, they're kind of trapped if you think about it. The Steelers... The the Steelers are trapped if if you think about it. 
They have had Ben Roethlisberger, who we have talked about about five years now on potentially being his last leg and who their replacement is going to be. That's been going on for about five years. They they don't have the replacement yet. I'm sorry, Dwayne Haskins isn't the guy. Okay, we know Mason Rudolph is not the guy. They drafted Mason Rudolph, who was supposed to be his backup, and, and that didn't work. All right. Right now, they're ha- they have Dwayne Haskins in there, and, and people talk about him taking over. Oh, he's got the same. Oh, he looks like Big Ben. He's big. Oh, yeah. He's a big guy. That's what the Pittsburgh Steelers. Stop. Just stop it. Dwayne Haskins is not Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he might be better than now. Ben is done. He can't throw the football. He was asked to throw almost 60 times last Sunday. And if you watch the game, he's checking down to Najee Harris all game long. Why? Because they can't do anything else. The offensive line is terrible. It's it's awful. I mean, I'm not sure what their future is, to be honest with you. I I would assume Mike Tomlin has a better understanding, but he's got to know that they are completely trapped right now, and this is going to be a five-year rebuild through the draft, through free agency. They They have absolutely no rhythm. They have zero identity. Here's their identity, actually. Hike the ball and check down the Najee Harris. Update. We, we might have to do this every week, by the way. Update. Najee Harris has rushed for 123 yards through three games on 40 carries. He has more receiving yards than rushing yards. Najee Harris. What a horrible, horrible move for the Pittsburgh Steelers to draft a running back in the first round, who isn't able to move because the offensive line is putrid. Why make that draft pick first round? The Steelers have a quarterback who can't move or throw. They do not have his replacement figured out. The offensive line is awful. And by the time all of this is fixed, who the hell knows what the defense would look like? I've said it before, and I will say it again. Welcome to Suckville, Pittsburgh. It's not fun at all. At all. And I will do victory laps on you and as long as it's warranted. Why? Because you kicked me when I was down. And now you're down. You hear them dogs barking? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hear them barking? It's our time now. Not yours. You just lost to the Bengals. You lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. You're done. Congratulations. On a hell of a run. You won a Super Bowl. You got two, actually. But you're done, Pittsburgh. You're done, Big Ben. Mike Tomlin, you might be next. 
Last night, the Cincinnati Bengals struggled. The Cincinnati Bengals struggled with the Jacksonville Jaguars, beating them by three points, 24-21 to 21, um, on a game-winning field goal as time expired. I mean, how, how serious is Cincinnati? How can we take them serious? They have beaten the Minnesota Vikings. They have beaten the Chicago Bears. They have beaten a bad Pittsburgh Steelers team. And now arguably the worst team in the league. They beat Jacksonville by three points. Cincinnati will not go far this season. But I will say something about Joe Burrow. I will say something promising about the Cincinnati Bengals. It's promising to see how poised Joe Burrow can be with as bad of an as bad an O line he has. It's very impressive to see how he is still able to make plays, find weapons. And my bad, okay, I'll take the heat on this one. My bad on the whole Jamar Chase thing. You know, I guess I I guess I was wrong on that one. I guess that was the right move for Cincinnati because you know what. He he's fit into that system pretty pretty solid. And Joe Burrow, it seems like he is his favorite target. Joe Burrow does a very nice job finding him with the football. But I just think that this proves my point yet again that Cleveland will eventually run away with the AFC North. Congrats to the Bengals. I guess you beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. You were trailing in the game 14 to nothing. And, it, I mean, I, I, I don't know. But like I said, poise to Joey B. Joe Burrow, two, uh, 25 for 32, 348 passing yards, two TDs, no picks. You know, Mixon was only able to carry the ball for 67 yards. I, I really, really solid job for, for Joe Burrow, who found receivers all over the freaking place. I mean, all over the field, he was finding guys. Boyd had nine receptions for 118 yards. C.J. Uzuma had five receptions, 95 yards, two touchdowns. The guy went off. Jamar Chase continues to light it up. Six receptions, 77 yards. First game that he wasn't in the end zone. You know what I mean? He found Irwin. He found Tate, Perrin, Mixon. Thomas, I mean, the list goes on and on. There are, there's, there's receivers catching the ball all over the place for Joey B. And I think it's a very good sign for the Cincinnati Bengals, but it's just, it's too early to hop on that train. I will say one more thing about them. I think that the Cincinnati Bengals are, are showing a lot of signs from the first year of Baker Mayfield. I think that they are. I believe that there are showing signs of a good young football team, but it's going to take a couple of seasons, a couple of draft picks, maybe a couple of free agent moves. And believe me, it's tough to pull free agents into Cincinnati. So it's just not, it's just not easy. We'll see where they go. I think Cincinnati's not going to finish last in the division, though. I don't believe they do. I still think that's going to be the Steelers. I think the Bengals have a lot more going for them than Pittsburgh. At least Joe Burrow can snap the ball and, and have options to throw other than checking down to his running back because literally Big Ben cannot throw the football. I mean, it's just, you, you see it. Joe, Joe, Joe Burrow, he throws the football and he throws it very well. Kid's got a hell of an arm. And he, he finds receivers, he's poised, he's young, and I think he's going to take the Bengals. You know, their their win marker from Vegas this year was six and a half. They've got four wins. So, 
You know, or excuse me, they have three wins right now. But it, it is what it is. Cincinnati, as of now, they are technically, you know, at the top of the AFC North. But that's just because they played one more game, you know, than the Browns, you know, than the Ravens. They, they won't be there at the end. I promise you that. I assure you that. Cincinnati fans, there's nothing to, there's nothing to, nothing to hang your head about. I mean, you're three and one. You're winning the games that you need to. But the, uh, yeah, the Ravens two and one. The Browns two and one coming for you. Ravens, not so much. You're not gonna, you know, that you might get, you might get the Ravens. You might get the Ravens, but the Browns at two and one will be three and one come Sunday, and right there with the Cincinnati Bengals for that division. And eventually, I think the Browns will run away with it. Um, they do have the Cincinnati Bengals coming up here uh, in just a couple of weeks. Um. <clears throat> on November 7th. So, we'll see Cincinnati. Good game last night. Hell of a hell of a performance against the uh, uh you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback, but you know, hats off to you. You guys are really looking great uh with that week schedule that you have over there. Shout out to Joe Burrow though, really looking poised and doing what he's got to do to get the job done and pick up the wins. The NFL gave him games. He's winning the games. He's 3 and 1. So, hats off to him. But really, nothing to get excited about if you're in Cincinnati. Something to get excited about, I will say, is the MLB postseason. The MLB postseason is heating up. There's three games left for each of the teams, and it's really exciting if you're following it. The um, National League is wrapped up. The Cardinals will travel to either L.A. or San Francisco, uh, most likely L.A., uh, but the Cardinals, the red-hot Cardinals, have, have locked that second spot up. And the Braves locked up the division here tonight. So the National League is pretty much in the bags. <clears throat> but let's talk about the American League wildcard race and the standings. The New York Yankees have cooled off losing to the Toronto uh, Blue Jays. They were on a seven-game win streak last time we talked about it. They lost with Garrett Cole on the mound, but they picked up a win last night against the Blue Jays and now back in the driver's seat. They now stand two games ahead of the pack and would host the wild card game if it was tomorrow. Boston loses again to Baltimore. This is what I don't understand about the Red Sox. I didn't have them in this mix at the beginning of the season, but now that they are in this mix, what are they doing? I don't understand it. They are losing games to bad teams. Okay? They are losing games. They got swept by New York. And now they are losing again to the Baltimore Orioles. I don't understand it. Why? Why? After being swept by New York, Baltimore loses two out of three to... Baltimore and they lose the series. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Now you get three games with Washington. Who the hell knows what's going to happen there? The Mariners, who are actually interesting and who are actually playing very good baseball, are tied with Boston for the second wild card spot. They are much more deserving for that spot, in my opinion. The Jays now fall um, to the Yankees in the series and fall to one game hole behind Boston and Seattle. Boston has three left, okay? Three left, the Red Sox. You've got three games left with Washington in the nation's capital. Seattle gets three games with the Angels at home, okay? 
This is how it's shaping up. Final three games. Toronto gets three games against Baltimore and Canada. And obviously, it's obvious that Baltimore is not shying away. And against these AL East opponents, they are coming strong and ready to go. And the New York Yankees get Tampa Bay in the Bronx, which I'm not sure exactly you know, what, what Tampa Bay is playing for anymore. Yeah, I get it. They, they, they haven't stopped. They haven't slowed down. The Tampa Bay Rays are playing really good baseball. I've been saying this for about a week. They've got everything that they need locked up in the American League at 98 and 61, still going for 100 wins, though. But they're, 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 they've got the number one seed locked up. They're, they're not changing that whatsoever. I get it. They want to play, you know, good baseball towards the end of the stretch. But like I said, and they, they really have, um, especially these last couple games. But really, the Yankees and the Blue Jays in Seattle and Boston, they're all winnable games. They're all winnable series for all, all of them. New York obviously is in the driver's seat. As I see it now, I think New York will win at least one game. And that's probably enough. That's all they would need, probably. Um, but if they win two of three against Tampa, the, the, it's over. It's in the bag. They will be in, and I think that they would probably host um, the wild card game. The Mariners, I believe, will take care of business, business against the Angels. I think they win all three of those games. They are hot. They're red hot. The Mariners are red hot. They are no joke. Okay, they are playing great baseball right when it matters at the the last, uh, you know, 10 games of the season. They've won nine. They've won nine out of their last 10 games, four in a row. They took care of business against Oakland. All right. They took care of business against Oakland, who was fighting for a wild card spot as well. What makes you think that they're not going to take care of business against the Angels in in Toronto? They should sweep Baltimore, okay? I, I think they do. I think I think Toronto is better than Boston. I think Boston is fraudulent, and I think Toronto is actually good. I think they have a really good lineup, and, you know, their pitching staff is hit or miss, um, but I think that they they have what it takes. So listen to the pitching matchup in this series. <clears throat> in game one tonight, it's Steven Matz, lefty. Now, the Orioles do hit lefties, very well, but I, Steven Matz is a very good pitcher. He pitches very well at home, and the pitcher for um, Baltimore is undecided. So they, they don't even know who the hell they're throwing out there tonight. They, they, they don't know. They, they don't know. The Saturday matchup between the two is Alec Manoa versus John Means, all right? The Blue Jays are going to smack John Means. And Alec Manoa, you know, that's one hell of a pitcher. But they are two young studs. They are two young, uh, very good pitchers. But a- as of late, Alec Manoa, and especially at home, he carries a two four seven ERA at home. This kid is going to carry the Blue Jays on his back on Saturday. I think they will get the first two games of the series. The third game of the series is Hinjin Rio versus Bruce Zimmerman. Okay, again, another lefty for the Blue Jays. Kind of alarming because the Orioles do hit lefties a lot better than they do righties. Like, a lot better. So two of the three will be against lefties. I get that. But still, Bruce Zimmerman, not not enough. The Blue Jays are fighting for that will be the last uh, game of the regular season. Not, I don't care. Stats out the window. The Blue Jays will have to win that game. I think they will sweep, and I think that the Mariners will sweep. At least both of those teams will take two out of three. 
Now, I would assume Washington gets uh, Boston at least one game. I would have to go and just assume that, okay? And if you want, we can go over the pitching matchups, I guess. I, it, it shouldn't matter, but we we can. You know, Erod's going to go on the mound tonight against Josh Rogers. All right. Josh Rogers is 2 and 1 on the season with a 2 uh, 7 3 ERA. The, I mean, this is this is just a game that the Red Sox should win, but like I said, you can't trust the Red Sox. You can't trust Boston right now. How the hell can you? Boston doesn't have a decided pitcher on Saturday. All right? Nobody's scheduled for Saturday. I'm not getting that nobody's scheduled for Sunday either. Like Boston's in trouble, all right? They are not going to make the postseason. They are going to slip. I'm not sure who's going to, you know, it's a tough call. Okay? It's going to be interesting because I think New York hosts the wild card game. Who? Who goes to the Bronx and plays them? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's Toronto. I'm not sure if it's Seattle. Because Boston, it ain't Boston. I tell you that. It's not Boston. And if Seattle sweeps, the Angels, then I'll tell you the I'll, I'll tell you what. They're in. Because Boston ain't sweeping Washington. The Red Sox are not sweeping Washington. If they do, we'll see. You know, we'll have to see. But I think Seattle absolutely sweeps the Angels and continues to crush this. Uh, again, nine out of their last ten wins. And I think the Mariners are, are the hottest of these teams that we're talking about here. I think the Yankees could possibly host the Mariners if the Mariners can get a sweep. Because remember, the Blue Jays are a game behind the Mariners. So even if the Blue Jays sweep, as long as the Mariners sweep, they're in. Assuming the Red Sox don't sweep. Because if the Red, if they all sweep, they all just you know win out the, the last three games, then, then we're going to have a different conversation. But I don't think that happens. I think Boston loses, you know, maybe tonight. You know, maybe even tonight they may they you know they may they it might be they may get swept. The Red Sox may just get swept this weekend. It might be easy. You know, the Blue Jays could crumble, and the and the Mariners could could ride off into the sunset and go off into the Bronx and have a chance to upset the New York Yankees. Who, if they don't hit the home run in that one game, they will lose the wild card game. So there you have it. A few days ago, Tampa Bay acquired cornerback Richard Sherman, formal, uh, former Super Bowl champion. We just talked about this. Kansas City. We talked about Kansas City going out and getting Josh Gordon. Okay. Now, the Bucks go out and grab Richard Sherman. Now, we said yesterday that this felt like Kansas City was more like the Cleveland Cavaliers going out and getting Dwayne Wade, remember? Now this, this feels like the Warriors going out and getting KD. Now not that Richard Sherman has the, you know, the magnitude that Kevin Durant did, you know, the the best one of the best players in the league. I'm not saying that Richard Sherman has that magnitude and he's definitely not one of the best players in the league anymore. But when you think about it, the Bucks are already the best team. I don't care they lost last week. They're still the best team. 
They have the best team that won the Super Bowl. They need to show me more uh, losses for me to say that they are not the best team. Okay, Even if they lose to New England this week, I, I'm still going to say that they are the best team. Going to be interesting. Good, would, would be a, a, definitely a good conversation, but still think that they're the best team. So they're the best team already, and they went out and they added a deeper defensive backroom. Now, they're, now, they're, now their uh, defensive backroom is much deeper. They have Richard Sherman. Oh, wait. Josh Gordon's a receiver. Why'd they do that? While the Chiefs are trying to shrink the gap, the Bucks are trying to make the gap deeper. They saw Mahomes' new toy, and they found his answer. This also tells you that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not worried about the last week's loss. Last week's loss does not matter. They're not worried about Sunday against Belichick. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are worried about the Super Bowl. All right? That's what they're worried about. They are worried about Patrick Mahomes getting back to the Super Bowl, and they want to have an answer for Josh Gordon. Tampa Bay is also addressing the issue that they are the second worst team in pass yards given up through three weeks in the NFL, through the entire three weeks. And that's only because the Jacksonville Jaguars are last, and they just played a game last night. So Tampa Bay is giving up 1,000 yards, all right? They're giving up 338 pass yards per game. They are addressing the issue. The Chiefs' defense is the bottom five giving up pass yards, and they are giving, hmm, they're going out and getting a receiver? What? High-powered offense with a crappy defense, can't, can't, can't defend nobody, you know, bottom five in the league giving up yards, terrible, giving up points to everybody. Horrible defense. You go out and get a receiver? What? So this also proves that Tampa Bay's front office is outsmarting Kansas City's front office. Does it not? I mean, Tampa Bay, they are... Uh, I applaud Tampa Bay. I, I, They are addressing the issue and not being arrogant about it. They have given up the second most pass yards in the league, and they would be the worst if Jacksonville didn't play an extra game ahead of them last night. They are coming off a loss headed to New England. Now let's talk about NFL Sunday. Games to watch. Well, Sunday Night Football. Tampa Bay at New England. This is probably the most storybook uh, like you could not write this better in the, in the National Football League than what's, what's happening in Foxborough Sunday night. Tom Brady, six-time Super Bowl champ in New England, now seven-time Super Bowl champ. You all know the story. Like, I, I, don't need to, I don't need to go into a whole spiel about that. Tom Brady is going back to Foxborough for probably the last time ever. Who needs this game more, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? The answer is neither. Listen, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick. He did not. He did that in the first year without Bill. If Tom does lose Sunday in week four, a game against Bill Belichick, it will not make a dent in Tom Brady's career. Not one, not, not a mark, not a, not a buffer. 
if Tom wins, which I think he will, Bill is is rolling with a rookie quarterback against Super Bowl champs returning the entire team. Half of the Patriots sat out of last year and they had a running quarterback. They now have a new quarterback, a rookie quarterback, the opposite style in week four. New England's supposed to lose this game. It, 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 it will be fun to watch. I'm so excited for the game. And I'm actually really looking forward to uh, the Sunday night football game. Probably more excited than this one than any other Sunday night football game that I could ever think of. You know, maybe other than the Browns, Steelers. Another set of games that I'm really looking forward to, um, listen, the NFC West matchups are very solid, and they are both at 4.05 Eastern, 105 Pacific, after I celebrate my Browns victory. Whether I'm at home in the sports cave or if I'm in Minnesota, I will have dual screens going for both NFC West matchups, cards at Rams and Seahawks at Niners. These are sexy. And the fact that they are at the same time uh, in the the same week, that is that's electric. And they will be I will consume every ounce of both of these games at the same time. Dual screen, whether it's back to back on the TV, whether it's iPad phone, I, I don't care. These two games, whether I'm sitting at a sports pub in Minnesota, I don't care. I'm watching both of these games because they are going to be electric. NFC West matchup games, again, cards at Rams and Seahawks at Niners. Listen, I think the cards upset the Rams, all right? And it is an upset even though both teams are 3-0. And I think the Niners will handle the Seahawks with ease. And it's fitting because these are the two teams that I said a couple of weeks ago, I said, would battle for the division at the end. I had the Cardinals as a dark horse and the Niners ultimately winning this division. The Niners and the Cardinals, not the Rams, not the Seahawks, the Niners and the Cardinals. Again, I think Seattle is the worst out of the four in a rough matchup against a fantastic front seven in in San Francisco. Russell Wilson will need to be a magician Sunday to pull this off, and I don't think he will be. This is going to be a tough matchup for Russ. Seattle's defense gives up 440 yards a game. They've given up 1,221 yards this season. The only team worse, the Jags, they've played one game more. Okay? Russell Wilson, a big problem, the offensive line. Russell Wilson has been sacked eight times in three games. The Niners will get after Russ, and it will be a feast for the Niners this Sunday, and it's going to be a long day for Russ in Seattle. He's going to have to cook, you know, a, a Thanksgiving dinner, uh, you know, about, about two months early. I think the Rams, listen, I think the Niners or excuse me, I think the Rams are a little overhyped. I think I see them third in the division still. I like the Cardinals to overpower the Rams here in a letdown spot. I think LA, I think it is a letdown spot for LA. After a huge win against Tampa, hell yeah. This is a letdown spot for for, for LA. Both teams are 3-0. and It's in LA. Now, I know it's only um, 30 yards, but the Cardinals given up uh, they've given up three, 340 yards a game through three weeks. Rams, 370 yards. Ram, uh, wasn't the Rams defense supposed to be, you know, one of the best in the NFL? Well, through three weeks, statistically speaking, Arizona is better. The Rams do give up 20, um, 
20.7 points, and the Cards give up 21.7, so points-wise, it's a one-point differential, all right? But the Cardinals' offense, they score three more points a game. They, they they have a better offense. I just I think that I believe in Kyler Murray and that in Cliff Clinsbury more than I believe in McVeigh and Stafford. McVeigh and Stafford are new together. I'm not saying long term. I'm not saying well, I am saying long term at the at the for this season because I think that the Cardinals will finish ahead. But Cliff and, and Kyler, the, this isn't their first year together. They've been they've been through this, okay? And they looked damn good last year. All right. I like Kyler Murray than I, more than I like Stafford. You know, I even though I love Stafford in that offense, I just love Kyler Murray more. I think this is a lot closer than the other NFC matchup, but give me the cards and a one possession ball game to move to 4 0. And finally, the Browns. I'm not gonna get uh deep into this one, actually. You you might think that I'm gonna go on this huge long rant about how the Browns are gonna dominate. No need to. You know, Minnesota, good football team. They, you know, they got a good offense, defense a little shaky. It's whatever. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to get deep into this one. The Browns are going to win Sunday. And you will hear me victory Monday saying I told you so. Because there's no chance in hell that Kevin Stefanski is going into Minnesota and, 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 and losing this game. The Browns are what the Vikings wish that they could be. The Vikings want to be the Browns. They wish they were Cleveland. And it's a damn shame because Minnesota screwed up. Minnesota messed up when they didn't offer Kevin Stavansky the head coaching job and they kept Mike Zimmer after all these years. The Vikings are the JV version of the Cleveland Browns and they will get outplayed, outworked, and outcoached this Sunday in Minnesota on their home turf against the Cleveland Browns. There will be no Minnesota miracle. This is not a family vacation for Cleveland. This is a business trip. And the Browns, led out by 2020 Coach of the Year, Kevin Stefanski. The Browns will take care of business this Sunday. Thank you for listening on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com, and on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to listen to Burley and the Fan on clevelandsportsfan.com tonight uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. And again, tonight's high school football game of the week on Q92radiosports.com, streaming live at 7 p.m. Eastern. I will be on the call at Marlington as the Dukes take on the Quakers. They are 5-1. and one. Man, what a show. For the last time on a beautiful Friday, thanks for listening on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network clevelandsportsfan.com, and on Apple Podcast. We'll see you Monday. Until Victory Monday. Hoo-hoo! Dog check! All that. I'm Burley Gunner saying, Go Browns! Burley Gunner Show.